Welcome to As the Season Turns, a podcast following each month of the year. As the hedgerows change, the full moons come and go, and nature takes its course in the garden. I'm Leah Lander, a nature writer and author of The Almanac, A Seasonal Guide. This podcast is brought to you by Fern, makers of small-batch organic natural perfume, who blend, barrel-age and bottle four fragrances a year, released at the equinoxes and solstices. We hope that this brief guide to what to look for in the month ahead will awaken you to the rhythms of the year and help you, in the words of the poet Ray Carver, settle deeper into the seasons. It's January. It's cold, but I'm here in Somerset and the sun is shining, and the sky is blue, and it's really rather a lovely day. This podcast is all about the turning of the seasons and the changes we see month to month in the world around us. But of course, we have to start with January, and it's a tough one. January can seem kind of grim, and it's not a month I look forward to, but actually, now that it's here, I realise it always brings with it a kind of sense of relief. I do love Christmas and all its cosiness and fun, but it is a lot of work. And I reach January and suddenly there's this lovely feeling of space. Projects that were put on the back burner for the juggernaut that is Christmas can now be brought back out. And there's this feeling of a clean slate and of getting time back to myself after looking after other people. It's also possibly the month in which I'm most likely to take proper walks. I always think I love someone more and let's be honest, it's much easier to love but somehow I end up getting out into the countryside so much more in January than at any other time. I've come to really love the countryside in winter, the bare brown earth, the fuzz of muted purple in the younger branches of the trees, the inky black outlines of hedges and telegraph poles, and that gorgeous sort of sepia tone that the countryside takes on on a grey day. And then there's the light, low and delicate and subtle. Most importantly, we're now past the solstice and you feel it almost instantly as the days start to lengthen. I'm sure there's already more birdsong. January can be really beautiful if you let it. Here are some of the names for January from around the British Isles. Fowloch is Scots Gaelic, January is Scots or Ulster Scots, Yanair in Irish Gaelic, and Gerigauri in Manx, Yonaur in Welsh, Genver in Cornish, and Janvi in Gerier, the language spoken on Jersey. The word Fowloch in Scots Gaelic originally referred to a period of winter, but it's come to mean specifically January in modern Scots Gaelic. It comes from foul chew, which means wolf. This gives a glimpse into Scotland's wilder past Januaries, as there have been no wolves in Scotland for hundreds of years, the last wolf having been slain by legendary deerstalker McQueen of Fintorn in 1743. Wolves' howling reaches its height in January, in mating season, as the males compete for mates, before falling quiet during the denning season. All of the other words for January from the various languages of the British Isles appear to be variants on the Latin Januarius. This may have arisen either from the Latin for door, Iannua, the door onto the year, or the Roman god Janus, the god of transitions and beginnings, 
traditionally depicted as having two faces, one looking back into the past and one looking ahead to the future. The Hedgerow in January. The Hedgerow is asleep, and so are its residents. There is some colour, from bramble leaves that still cling on in shades of yellow and purple, the trails of cold, dulled ivy and the battered leaves of evergreen heart's tongue fern, but mostly all is bare, brown and twiggy. Hedgehogs are rolled up at its base, spines out under piles of leaves and damp earth. Hoverflies are secreted into hollow stems. Seven-spotted ladybirds pile together for warmth in sheltered nooks and rolled-up leaves. The hazel dormouse snoozes in deep hibernation in its nest at the base of the hedgerow, safe from the ravaging winds and the snow above. Badgers in sets dug below the hedgerow aren't actually hibernating, but they sleep more during winter and change is happening while they sleep. Badgers mate year-round, but because they have delayed implantation, it is only during the winter lull that the fertilised eggs are implanted into the womb and the snoozing female becomes pregnant. Ivy berries start to turn black and ripen this month and are pounced on by hungry starlings, thrushes and wood pigeons who also take the last few holly berries. Blue tits will find galls and break them open to get to the larvae inside. These are lean times. But there are signs of life even now. The hazel catkins are elongating, kicking the year off. Lesser celandine and snowdrops start to appear along the hedgerow bottom. I have snowdrops in my front garden and I recommend it. I don't know if they are particularly perfectly timed snowdrops or if I'm just very unobservant during the busyness of Christmas, but I always first spot the green leaves poking through the earth around New Year's Day, or the few days after it. They're such a reassuring sign that winter is moving on and that spring will come, poking their fresh green through the cold earth, and soon they'll produce their delicate, pure white hanging droplets of flowers. Their name is Galanthus nivalis. Galanthus is from the Greek gala, meaning milk, and anthos means flower. Nivalis, from Latin, means snowy, snow-covered, or snow-like. They've got lots of common names. Mary's Tapers, Dingle Dangle, Candlemas Bell. In France, they are called Perce Neige, which means snowpiercer. Unsurprisingly, they are symbols of purity, optimism, and hope, and as such are closely associated with Candlemas on the 2nd of February, which is the only day that they can be brought into the house without incurring bad luck. Snowdrops will collapse if frozen, but they quickly perk up again when temperatures rise, so don't worry. Their leaves contain a sort of antifreeze that prevents the cells from being damaged by frost. If you don't have any snowdrops in your garden, just after flowering is the time to remedy this, by buying and planting them in the green before the leaves have died down. The full moon on the 28th of January will rise bright and clear over a bare, cold countryside. January's moon has a couple of old names. Wolf moon, from the time wolves howl particularly loudly to their packs through January nights. And stay home moon, a sensible idea in the cold and the frost and with all those wolves about. The wolf's close relative, the fox, does not hibernate. It picks its way on moonlit January nights through stubbly fields and down chilly streets to find a meal 
or calls in unearthly cries for its mate, just as the wolves would have done hundreds of years ago. It might really feel like we're still in the depths of winter, and we absolutely are, but one thing to look out for during the course of January is day length increasing. This is where it begins. Now, in Inverness, between the 1st and the 31st of January, day length will increase by 1 hour and 35 minutes. Down in the south, in Padstow, it will increase by 1 hour and 8 minutes. So by the end of the month, you should really start to feel that little bit of a difference, and that little sign of spring coming. And here's some things to look out for in the sky at night this month. Over the night of the 3rd and the 4th, so the night of the 3rd and the morning of the 4th, is the Quadrantids meteor shower. It's one of the more generous meteor showers of the year, so really worth looking out for. The best time for viewing it is from about 5pm onwards on the 3rd. Normally with meteor showers, you want to be up you know, early in the morning and see them, you know, like sort of two o'clock in the morning or just before dawn. But moonlight will obscure fainter trails from about 10 o'clock because we'll just be coming out of a, a full moon around then. So look out earlier in the evening. On the 21st, there's going to be a close approach of Mars and the moon visible in the dusk from about 5pm in the southeast, an altitude of about 45 degrees. You'll be able to see them together through the night sky until about 1.30 on the morning of the 22nd in the northwest. Also worth knowing is that on the 2nd of January is perihelion. Now you won't notice this, but this is the moment in the year at which the Earth is closest to the Sun in its elliptical orbit. At 1.50 in the afternoon the sun will be 147,093,163 kilometres away, compared with aphelion on the 5th of July, when it will be 152,100,527 kilometres away. Types of snow. Stellar dendrites, the classic snowflake, with a star-like, stellar shape, but branched, dendrite. Big, easy to spot and common. The most spectacular form at around minus 15 degrees C, but they will also form when it is warmer. Graupel, sometimes called soft hail, sometimes snow pellets. These occur when water droplets collide with snow crystals inside the cloud and freeze onto them. Needle crystals, Long columnar crystals that are common but hard to spot as they are so fine. They are formed at around minus 6 degrees C. Diamond dust crystals, the smallest of all snow crystals, are most often spotted during bitterly cold weather. They glisten like diamond dust in sunlight. Spring tides are the most extreme tides of the month with the highest rises and falls, and neap tides are the least extreme with the smallest. It's really worth knowing about spring tides, particularly if you want to go mudlarking or fossiling or rock pooling, uh, because you'll get the really low tides around that time. They always follow the full moon and the new moon, so they're a couple of days after those. This month, 
The spring tides will be around the 2nd and the 3rd and around the 15th and the 16th. Charm of the month. Kalanig and Cole for New Year's Day. Some days are naturally more strongly invested with meaning than others and so have held particular weight when it comes to luck and charms. And the 1st of January is one of them, acting as a hopeful microcosm for the whole year. Charms have always lent a sense of control and security where little existed, or have been used to hold on to the special qualities of certain moments in the year. On New Year's Day throughout the British Isles, charms must be carried through doors to carry in luck for the year ahead. In the southeast of Wales, children carry from door to door an apple skewered with sticks, cloves and pieces of evergreens, thought to bring luck and prosperity, and in return they are given calony. New Year's gifts of pennies or sweets. Sometimes the apples are then placed on windowsills to bring the household good luck throughout the year. In Scotland and the north of England, first footing relates to the first person through your door on New Year's Day. Ideally, it should be a bachelor, and he must have been out of the house at midnight. He should bring coal, bread, a coin, a piece of greenery, salt or whiskey over the threshold. In January, it's so tempting to stay indoors and only experience the garden through a window. I'm going to be encouraging you every month to take five minutes to step outside and just observe your garden, or to do the same in a park if you don't have a garden of your own. You might initially just see mess and mud, but the purpose of this exercise all year long is going to be to look for the beauty in the outdoors during every moment in the year. So, step outside. What do you see, hear and feel? Consider taking your shoes and socks off. I have, and it's really quite cold. And then stand barefoot on the cold earth and think. Or just sit in a chair. What is good about this moment? Perhaps the light is beautiful. Perhaps it is quiet. Maybe your body is warm from a good thick coat while the soles of your feet are tingling and alive with cold. Think about the moment that you will go back inside and warm them up. Describe the colour of the sky to yourself. Is it piercing blue or dappled with cloud or grey? If the sun is on your face or back, think about how it warms you from nearly 150 million kilometres away. Think about how its strength will increase as the year goes on and how that will feel. And look for signs. Even now in these dark and cold days, bulbs are starting to push their little green spears up through the earth. If you can't see anything yet, just think about all that life held suspended. Thank you for listening to this month's episode. If you've enjoyed listening, please do like and subscribe. All episodes are released on the first of each month. You can read more about the year ahead in my book, The Almanac, A Seasonal Guide to 2021, available in all good bookshops. This podcast has been brought to you by Fern. Fern is a natural fragrance maker based in Somerset. Working with the rhythms of the seasons, they blend, barrel age and bottle four fragrances a year, released at the equinoxes and solstices. 
Each fragrance is made to order for the names on the firm production ledger. To join the ledger and find out more, visit www.fern.co.